Hello and welcome to Full Send with Christina Kim. And Alan Shipnuck. We are thousands and thousands of miles away. Christina is in Evian Laban. Uh, how, how are things in France? Well, um, as you can tell, I have gone out to the courtyard so that I can be closer to the main router of the Wi-Fi. I've got a kid doing things over there. I've got a couple over there canoodling, um, but it is beautiful out. It's, it's the, uh, it's, we're nearing towards the end of July, which I think is the best time to be here in Evian-les-Bains. Um, We've got firmer fairways. We're not having to play the ball up, which is pretty awesome because that is sort of one of the sort of running jokes of this tournament when we were playing in September because we would be getting oodles of rain. And as a result of that, have to either play the ball up or we should be playing the ball up and we still play it down because it is a major. So everything is great here, though. <laughs> All right. Well, you just said it. Let's just jump in right this because I've. Is this, is this your full send segment? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going for it. I mean, <laughs> I've always felt like the elevation of the Evian to a quote unquote major was a little fishy. It was like, it was, it was a nice little tour stop, kind of funky golf course, pretty views. And the sponsor was like, Hey, we need more. Um, we're going to dip. And Michael's like, fine, you want to be a major? Let's make you a major. And that was it. Like overnight, you woke up one day and the Evian went from a, like a B plus tour stop to a major. And um, it never felt quite right to me. What, what's your take on the whole thing? Well, I was on the board of directors when this um, decision was made. And I, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. In all honesty, as I'm sure everybody knows, you hear about things once they've been completed. Um, but, you know, it was a discussion that, that Franck uh, Jacquard, I, I'm so bad with names, so pardon me, pardonnez-moi for my inability to remember his last name. But this was a... Just make um, up some, some French-sounding surname. People will never know. That's why I said Franck. I think it's Jacquard. I could be wrong. It, but this was a process that was months in the making. It was something that I know Franck has had in his sights for years. And he had been, um, you know discussing with Mike, uh, you know, the prospect of turning this into a major. And there were a lot of a lot of hurdles that he had to jump through a lot of things, including changing up the golf course, which, um, you know, it, and like you said, it's a fun it's it was always a fun tour stop. We have this massive beer garden with, you know, Aviv Clico Champagne and, um, you know, Heineken was a, a big sponsor as well. And there were, you know, blackout nights, one of, you know, many of which I have partaken in in the past. There were, um, you know, it was a fun golf course and, and they 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 had someone come in and do a redesign and um um, the best way to put it is if you want to think of a measure as making sure that it provides a stringent mental test as a golfer on top of the fact that it's, you know, um, green grass with 18 tee boxes and 18 greens, then it was completed because this the funness Christina, of the golf this, course has changed, in my opinion. This is not a ringing endorsement. Like, oh yeah, it has 18 tee boxes and 18 greens. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's a reality. We're on the side of a mountain. 
you know, I mean, the, 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 the glacial waters that get put into these plastic Evian water bottles, basically they flow not through the golf course, but in the region um, to the point where it's like, you're, you, there are very specific um, ways uh, in order to maintain the golf course. Like there cannot be any pesticides. It cannot be any of this or cannot be any of that. So it's, I think there's, a, there's something really cool about that, but at the same time, it's like the entire front nine, you're going, you know, um, uh, I guess from, is it east to west? So you've got the ball below your feet and then the entire back nine, you're heading back to the east. So you've got the ball above your feet. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult piece of property to really, you know, have a lot of creativity. So the greens are very, very complicated. Um, there's, the greens are huge now. And one of the things I loved about this golf course was that it was like small greens, like really targeted. And now it's like, you're like, there's a little bit of like a, I want to say not, it's not that it's like Pinehurst because there aren't like a ton of bold greens in that beautiful classic Donald Ross style, but there's just like, well, there's short grass, but there is no business for a golf ball being over there, let alone a hole. So it's just a lot of a lot of space that it, it, you know, it it presents a very unique challenge. Yeah, that was a long way to saying it's kind of a funky golf course and is not, not really what you would think of as a major championship test. But what does that even mean? Like it's a, a major has to be demanding in terms of ball striking and it has to, you know, punch you in the tits by way of your patience, your your mental acuity, all of those things. So it, to an extent, it definitely uh, takes on those aspects and goes well beyond that um you know so it it just all depends on how how you see it and at the end of the day everybody has to play the same golf course yeah oh for sure i mean i think it beyond the merits of of this golf course built on the side of a mountain my my beef was more about and for sure if you go through the history of both the men's and women's game what has been considered a major has evolved over time like we know that um when, and how many are deemed uh, an appropriate number for the year? You know, you look correct. at a lot of sports. Not every sport has always had four majors. You know, we've had three majors in our history before. We have gone to five. Uh, the the PJ Tour champions they have five majors. Um, you know, the Western Am was a major back in the day. Like, you know, there, there, there's there's you know, who are we to sit here and say this is what the template is? You know, like, I think that's a bit presumptuous well, in of fact, us to say that we're the ones that have the rights to that. In fact, that is my entire job description is to sit back and render verdicts on such things. But the, um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So when, when Gene Sarazen wins the 1935 Masters, no one like pounds on the back and says, congratulations on your first major old boy. You know, like it was a brand new tournament and. It, it took time for its stature to be elevated. You know, Ben Hogan and Sam Snead and Byron Nelson kept winning it. And then Arnie and Jack. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, this is like the most important tournament in golf. And it just made no sense not to uh, elevate it to that status. But it happened organically over time. And my beef with Evian, it was like, it just, it happened. In, okay, you say a matter of months. I'm saying overnight, but it's kind of the same thing. Years, like, realistically. Yeah, but it was not like people are going, this is, this is the ultimate test of golf. We have to consider a major championship. It just, it felt kind of forced and a little like a desperation move to just keep Evian in the fold as a sponsor. So 
I know you see more nuance in it. Uh, I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, it, 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 let me ask you, I'm just gonna put you on the spot here, Christina. Do you consider the Evian to be as big a deal as the women's British or the, the women's US Open? Like, is it in the same thing in your mind? Well, first of all, it's called the Women's Open, not the Women's British. And I know you're going to go on, you're going to harp on about how it's always going to be the Dinosaur. And I'm like, well, why didn't you call it the Colgate, um, you know, you're, or the Craft Nabisco? Or, you know, why are you going to call you? You're like, I'm not going to call them patrons. They're spectators when we go and visit Augusta National. But at, at the same time, you know, again, I, I, I totally understand, you know, like you said, it's in your job description to, um, you know, I'm not going to say cast judgment in like a, a, a negative way by any means, you know, the, but you're here to share and take part and record the history of the game in our times. Uh, and yeah, like uh, you're putting me on the spot and that's okay, but I can always turn it around and be like, you just sound like you got some sour grapes because you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, son, you know? Um, but this is a tournament that's been that on the it. schedule for a long, long time. Oh, okay, you're going to get defensive on me. <laughs> I still have to answer the question, though. Um, you know, this is a tournament that's been, um, you know, in, in on the LPG schedule for a very long time. And, you know, you look at some of the past champs, you want to talk about Sarah's and you want to talk about Hogan, Jack, Barney. You know, I can throw at you, you know, uh, Jin Young Ko, Lydia Ko, Sung Hyun Park, Hyoju Kim, Annika Sorenstam, even though she won it prior to it being a major, um, it was still one of those tournaments that she, you know, always went to and always played and has won. Laura Davies, Helen Alfredson, who was also a U.S. Women's Open champion. Like there's, it has a, a, a very, very um, high pedigree of champions throughout its history so you know i mean we we've had the longevity of the tournament as as one factor in it we've also had an incredible amount of support from um frank and you know the the entire community here in evian we have an amazing list did i say amazing list of champions like you know it, it there are okay. tons of enough why enough foreplay this is enough foreplay answer the question christina what was it again <laughs> Do you personally can do I hold this tournament in yeah. as high regard yeah. as the US Women's Open? And well, so I am going to be honest. I hold our major champions. They're not all tied for first by way of favorite tournaments. And for me, there's a difference between a major and uh, like there are different levels and different tiers of what would be deemed a major. They are not all equal and for various reasons. I mean, if you you know, I, I, lo I love it. And I'm so glad that the RNA is now taking control of it. But over the years, you kind of look at what has transpired at the, um, you know, the, the women's open championship currently sponsored by AIG previously with Rico prior to that wheat fix, which is basically big ass shredded wheat. Um, and the, <laughs> the tournament in and of itself has transformed and changed over the years. Um, by way of the way that they they treat us, they take care of us, all of those things. So, you know, I mean, this is, I, I think, in certain regards, they take incredible care of us. Um, and at the same time, you know, for me, it was always the US Open as number one. In recent years, KPMG Women's PGA Championship, after the PGA of America took over, has been, um, you know, it's it, it has definitely entered the fold of being my favorite major. I mean, at present, it might just be the tip, but it's it's definitely making a push. 
um, to be number one in that sense, you know, and, and the um, ANA inspiration is in its own league as well. So I can't sit here and say that they're all the same, you know, it's like talking about, you know, one of your kids that's more artistic, and then you have another child that is definitely an athlete and then you have your third kid who is definitely a mathlete and then you got the kid that you're just like man he he tried real hard and you know he'll make <laughs> something of himself one these days i just want to i just want to us open in the same regard as the open championship and the masters and the pga championship absolutely not they're well, different classes and different categories yeah they, they have their different flavors but and the PJ Championship is kind of lagging, I guess, a little bit, but the other three are co-equals as far as stature and prestige. In some ways, the PGA Championship has has been more satisfying because they've had better course setups and they've had exciting finishes. So, I I just want to specify in, in case, more recent years. Yeah, if any of my kids are listening to this podcast, Christina was putting out a hypothetical there. That's not actually a real scouting report of my four children, even though it sounded alarmingly <laughs> oh, gosh, accurate. No. <laughs> Well, but, I was going to make it five, but yeah. I, I had to stop at four. Yeah, you had to stop. Um, well, I just think like, it's funny, like Envy Park wins in Evian in 2012. Like, hey, nice win. Not a major. The next year, Suzanne Pedersen wins. Hey, congratulations on winning a major championship. Like she got um, another major championship. I know. It's me. just, it's just funny because it's such a line of demarcation. Poor Inview was like the real victim and all that. And I mean, you mentioned Annika. I think like, she's doing okay because she is one of, she was, I think the, uh, uh, the, the fastest to enter the, the eligible for the hall of fame outside of Lorena Ochoa, who chose not to play the minimum required 10 years, which means she didn't have to, you know, quote unquote, suffer and put up with it for 10 years, but she was definitely qualified. I, I think Inby's okay with that. Inby's fine, but it's, it's an interesting question. Should we retroactively <laughs> credit Annika and Inby and all those from pre 2013 with a major championship victory? Because as discussed, like the earlier is the masters, um, you know, it was not, no one thought of it as a major championship, but now we, we count those on the, the victory totals of, of the, the, the Hogan's and the Sneeds and those guys, like, should, should we go back and add to Annika and Inby's major championship totals? Like we're, we're, we're messing with the time space continuum here. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. It was a different golf course and no one thought of it as a major. Um, we're talking about Evian, but you didn't think of it as a major. Don't Please know. don't speak on behalf of the entirety of the globe, Alan. <laughs> oh, I thought that Definitely was my, don't I speak was on behalf of Frank. <laughs> yeah, Frank. I don't know. It just, it, it ra this week raises various questions for the person nickety golf fan slash observer so uh, but I, I appreciate your perspective i'm not saying i'm right uh i just uh, i'm i'm slightly vexed by the whole thing but it is without a doubt a fun tournament to watch it's, this the scenery is fantastic as you know there's been a lot of terrific winners and whoever does hoist the trophy this week uh and the bottle of of nice crisp evian water will celebrate them as a major champion but um, I don't know. It's Did you just call Evian water crisp? Crisp, totally crisp. It's one of those, it's one of those waters where I drink and then my mouth is drier. <laughs> that is part of the test of this being a major, in my opinion. I'm a Fiji girl through and through. I I I just I personally just think that the 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 way that my body operates um does not operate as well with the 
level of the minerality of this water. It's not a dig. I, I just don't know if it's, it's, it's like me, like going keto carbs don't work well for me. And it's, uh, it, it is funny. One of the, one of the things that um, kind of is a running joke, although there is some truth behind it is the number of caddies that will sit there and say, all they do is, you know, they'll have beers, obviously, like at the beer garden after the round, but they, they have just, they're just like, we just drink Evian water and baguettes. And they're like, and that combination has us constipated for like 17 days after the event. Like it, it's kind of funny. So that's yet another aspect of it being a major, maybe. I don't know. I, in hindsight, we should have done this entire podcast in faux French accents. It was really a missed opportunity. That's all I, no, I, I, I will say I do. I was talking uh, with my caddy, Todd. I was trying to get someone to come to um, our room to check on the fridge because it was not, what's the word? Cold. And as I was on the phone talking to reception, he was like, you sounded like a French person trying to speak English. And I was like, oh my God, like that happens to me sometimes whenever it's like, if I go down to the South, I sometimes turn into a Southern Belle. If I go up North towards like Philly and Jersey, I start saying water. And it's, and the, and the closer I get to LA and San Diego, the word like, and an upward inflection at the end of my sentences seems to be a thing that is a recurring theme. So I, I yeah, I'm living my life with a, a faux French accent, trying to speak English apparently. <laughs> I mean, you've gone native. I respect that. You, you, you sort of immerse yourself in the local culture, whatever weird language things it might have. That, that, that's, that's <laughs> impressive. Um, so let's talk about how, how you're feeling about your game, your body as you've, you've been having this little back issue. And it's obviously a heck of a long journey to get over there. So um, where are you this minute in, in, in your preparations? And then how do you feel about, about this week? Well, I actually feel really good. Um, I failed to mention this uh, because we were airing our episode with our first guest in Angel Yin. Um, Todd actually didn't caddy for me in Toledo. He, because I took off the week of Dallas and then I took the week off after that for the Dow. Um, so I, you know, we kind of talked about it and his daughter was having her 14th birthday the Saturday of Toledo and so we kind of talked about I was like dude you've had six weeks in a row with me like take three weeks off like go go be happy with the family live your life and they had um they had set up like a family holiday um and like a you know a bit of a summer vacation since she was you know out of school and all that stuff um so it's the, we got the gang back together, which is awesome. Nice. And Todd's been helping me uh, throughout this entire process, you know, working on a couple of things within my swing, a couple of like key points and figuring out what the hell it is that I'm doing. Um, so I actually feel really, really good. The flight was, uh, I thought my flight was a bit of an adventure, um, but in comparison to a lot of the girls that did play the Dow and flew by way of, I'm assuming, a Sky Team member, um, there were about 20 girls that did not receive any of their stuff um, on when they arrived on, it was either Sunday night or Monday morning. 
And so I just had a little bit of a delay. Um, Paula Creamer and I flew together from Orlando all the way to Geneva. And we encountered a couple of delays that led us to missing our connection from London, which is one of the uh, 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 air transport gates of hell. Um, they, I believe they literally have a, a, a graveyard underneath that has just bags and bags and bags and bags throughout the years. Um, and then we went from being flying with our one world partners, which both of us are huge uh, into flying with, had to be transferred over to a Star Alliance partner. And so when you're, it's like going, I, I don't even know, it's like trying to speak to someone in a different language. And so we were convinced we weren't going to get any of our shit. And we had an eight hour layover in London because of um, the current situation in the world. Uh, there are a lot fewer direct flights from London into Geneva and yet somehow our bags made right. it, which was great. Um, and so my That's body actually feels so really, really good. Start to finish. Yeah. That, I mean, that's amazing. You got your back start to finish. How many hours was it from when you left to when you got there? Well, from the time I left my house to the time that I arrived in my hotel, it was, I believe, a combined total of 26 hours, whereas it should have been no more than 18. So that, that sucks. Yeah, that's a long time. And that oh. includes leaving the door and walking into my desk, like the destination. In terms of actual flight time, I think it was it was about 23 hours, maybe 24. It sucked. Yeah, but we're was, here and it's wait. all good. And again, this is a major. That's part of it. <laughs> Paula Creamer knocked up. OK, get this. So we've like I said, we spent the better part of 26 hours in the same region. I don't know. I like to look people in the eye when I'm talking to them. No idea. <laughs> I had no idea. And as, and when, when right before we boarded our last leg of our flight, I was talking with one of the caddies who lives in the UK and he was like, I think Paul is pregnant. And I was like, first of all, you look someone in the eye when you're talking to them. Secondly, please remember you can never ask a woman that. And thirdly, <laughs> really? And then we land and right when we were taken off, she, she had apparently posted that she and her, her fiance, they were supposed to be married in February, then the world. Um, and, and so she and Shane are, are expecting and she's about four months along, I think is what it is. And I remember I looked at the post and then I looked at her and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not look at her, her, her eyeballs real quick. And I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, she's pregnant. Like, I did, never even thought of it. Did not occur to me for a moment in that entire time. It's, it's, it's awesome. She's going to be an funny. amazing mom. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I saw the post and um, I had no idea you guys were, were on a plane together. I mean, was, was she like, was she eating everything? Was she like tackling the, 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 the stewardess for more snacks? Was she grouchy? Like, yeah, yeah, no inkling whatsoever. No, no. I mean, well, one, um, no, she was, she was great the whole time. And it was one of those things where I was like, I would, I would, um, I would text her and be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go over to the Swiss air desk and try and, you know, figure out where our bags are and this and that. And so it was like, you know, I was just like, Matt, 
just naturally like helping her out because if my bags make it and I know someone's on my flight that I know I'm like I'm going to do my best to make sure your bags make it and um you know I didn't notice any sort of crankiness or any sort of grumpiness or anything and I would (laughs) think that if I did sweetheart we were spending way too much time traveling to get to our destination so it would have been completely within her rights to be that way but I was just like, I mean, you're, you're on an aircraft, so you're going to be chugging water because of the, the dry air and the recycled air and everything. Like theoretically, if, if she was doing something like consuming more food, consuming more water, things like that, I'm like, she's being smart. No idea she was eating for two. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Your, um, your comment about help, helping a, a homie out with their bags reminds me of one of the all-time great golf riding stories. So when, when Tiger went, to Thailand and like, I think early 97 and a handful of American reporters went over to follow him. It was a big deal going back to his mom's home country, uh, really for the first time. Mm-hmm. And some bags got separated. And so Jaime Diaz, he's one of the, one of the all time greats. Uh, he uh, he's looking for his bags and he sees another bag he knows is his traveling companion. I'm going to keep anonymous uh, for the purposes of this story. And Jaime's like, oh, I, that's my buddy's bag. Uh, let me grab that one for him too, because I guess he had gone back to the hotel. And the the airline person's like, well, are you, you know, we need some proof. And he's like, oh, I know he he put like his there's a hat right on the top. I saw him put it in there. So they unzip the bag, and Jaime pulls out the hat, and a roll of condoms goes flying across <laughs> the floor. <laughs> like this this uh, Randy typist was prepared for whatever may come his way in Thailand. And there's like all these airline personnel and these Jimmy hats are spread across the airport. And it was just silence. Jaime scoops them up, puts them back in, zips it up, takes them back. It's just like, you can, you can picture this happening. It's so funny. Um, anyway, we digress, but can't you just that imagine it? Is, oh, my God. oh my God. Uh, my yeah. first thought would have been, "No, yeah, he's being smart. He's protecting himself." Well, but for maybe sure. I, mean, I would maybe that. be embarrassed for Jaime though of having of to sit there and be like, uh, "Let me grab yeah. these um, baby stoppers real quick," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> having to chase him down the That's terminal so as great. it unrolls like a toilet paper that gets dropped and goes down the hallway. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> when this is All over, right, you're well, gonna have to tell me who it is. <laughs> Uh, obviously let's make sure the mics are turned off um so all right let's let's i don't know how you follow that one up but let, let's talk about a golf tournament just ended a couple days ago which is happened on the same oh continent gosh. where you currently are the open championship um you know it was with a heavy heart i didn't make the trip this year first one i've missed in, in a good long while but um it was a heck of a tournament how much did you get to watch over there I, I watched a decent amount. Um, I was having some issues with Wi-Fi. <laughs> Funny that. So I was really more than anything just sort of following along with uh, some of the featured groups on the Opens app, which was nice. So I got to follow Shane Lowry um, and uh, Paul Casey play together, which was great. And then I was catching blips here and there. And uh, I mean, I tell you, I I was rooting so hard for Louie, like it would have just been so amazing. I, 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 I'm sure you loved 
the fact that it's like another tournament where he falls short or or you know it's it i i would say no, it's more that colin won it's not that he lost well i'm saying like you know in in a, in a slight way by way of of your occupation like because it it continues an incredible story and then when he does finally you know let it happen i think it'll be amazing but i was rooting for roar well, uh, for, almost... for louis and then well hold on a sec i, I hear what you're saying about louis but it's almost like I think we passed that moment and it's kind of, the story's kind of curdled a little bit. And now it's like it's like a, a one joke movie and it's kind of like, oh, not this again. And I mean, like everyone, I love Louie. He's, he's a great guy. He's totally pleasant human being and super likable. But um, it's like, oh, geez, not again. I, I kind of feel like now it's reached a point where it's feeling a little like uh it's it's almost a letdown because it's hard to believe he's going to do it at this point like there was a moment like a few a few majors ago where all right it's happening this is louis time and now it's hard to think that it's just like oh gosh here we go again so it would if and when he, he breaks through it and does win one it'll be great it'll be a huge outpouring of love for the guy which he's deserved. absolutely but i'm kind of over the louis storyline as far as like rooting for him and hoping he gets it done. And I just, I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to get that in our lifetime. And, but um, well, th- let me ask you this, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot on Twitter and obviously I'm a, uh, Colin Markow is a California guy. I was, uh, he's Southern California. That's where I was for the open. I was down at the Firefit headquarters in Oceanside and um, a lot of enthusiasm. And there was a strain of, of, people of Asian descent who were like, this, this is awesome. Like a sense of pride, like this guy is, is, you know, carrying the flag. He's kind of, he's, he's of, of two different cultures. He's heading over to Tokyo now as um, waving the American flag, but obviously uh, with, with a background from two different Asian countries, like it is, are we past that point where um, it's a big deal or, or, or do you, does it mean a little more to you to, to see, uh, you know, everyone talks about representation, representation is important. Is, is it cool for you to, to see a player with Asian background and get it done? One, um, it's about damn time for the boys. So welcome to the club. <laughs> and two, no, it's not played out. I, 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 I think that, and it's, it's to no one's fault by any means, but if you've never lived your life sitting there and thinking that what you see on your screen is not what you see in your real life it's not what you see in the mirror it's not what you see in your your neighborhood your community it, it you know it, it 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 can be hard to um empathize with and understand that and and that is not anyone's fault if that is the case but as someone that has spent her entire life just being like I don't look like that you know and does the fact that I don't see that on my television screen you know does that in theory make us less worthy of something anything you know and and by us I mean us as a people because I I have always had a maybe an uh unnatural high sense of self but it was one of those things where (laughs) you know it's it's like yeah I belong we belong we're all just people. And it's, it's amazing to sit there and think that Colin has been able to achieve, you know, two victories in his debuts of these major championships. Um, it, I, I think it's an inspiration. It's an inspiration for everyone, um, anybody that loves the game, 
and and he hits so many different markers because like you said he's asian american he is um um like he is he is so fucking fit it is it is unbelievable it, I like my brain cannot wrap around how fit he is. And, and so he, he has that element without being, you know, um, uh, just filled with water weight, if you will, like somebody, <laughs> uh, whose driver sucks. Um, and I think that he represents so much, you know, because he's humble, he's gracious. He is, I mean, Duncan, my boyfriend, said yeah I put a I I put some money on Colin and I was like really like that's always a safe bet you know but it's not necessarily the first one that you're going to think of oftentimes I'm like no dude this makes a lot of sense and um so I just think that it's 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 huge on on so many different levels um but I Colin is one of those guys that you can look upon and almost anybody from almost any walk of life can find something to relate to with him yeah. And I mean, I love the haircut. He looks like kind of a, a mm. like a kind of a hip young dude driving a tuner car in South San Jose. Right. Like he's, he's, he's kind of got that a little bit of a, um, a little bit of an edge and um, which is pleasant at the same time, he is so polished and his victory speech uh, reminded me of Justin Leonard in 1997 with just the, the a young guy who stepped up with um just so much grace and gratitude and it's funny you wouldn't think a trophy presentation could elevate a player there's in the public eye or, but i think that it really did you know because we all know morikawa is a great player but i think uh, golf fans are still trying to figure out exactly who he is and that three or four minutes where he was uh, interacting with the crowd and talking to a global audience like that was that was great stuff and i was happy to see it because he can be a little careful and a little coached um, when it comes to interacting with the press and fans. And but that was, that was very real and very authentic. And uh, I, I think it was touching and, and it really I created a, a lot of affection and goodwill. So good on him. I mean, it was uh, incredible performance from, from the first tee to the, to the, to the victory celebration. And uh, it, it's exciting to think about what he could do. I mean, there's not a golf course on the planet that, that you can't play with his game. I mean, he, it's, he's going to be a force. If he can stay mo healthy and motivated, and I, I think he will, he's got a great head on his shoulders and he has a good team around him. And um, it's going to be fun to see where he goes from here. I agree. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny because it's, he has so many different aspects of so many different players to a certain degree. Cause you know, people say no one's ever seen an iron player, better than Colin since Tiger's heyday. And then you take that into account with the fact that he's got the humility and the grace of, you know, our, our, the, um, you know, Jordan Spieth when he was at his first peak, if you will. And the fact that he's able to also have that Tiger-esque, that, 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 that ability to just sort of calm everything and just stay um, quietly focused in the way that, we saw Phil waiting to obtain that before he allowed himself to hit his, um, you know, hit a single shot when when he won earlier this year. It's 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 a beautiful amalgamation of everything, and he's just so nice. You know, he's he's a nice so boy. Nice. He'd be one of those maybe one of those guys. I'd be like, you know what? I can definitely see 
you know, he would be a great, he, any father would be like, you know what? That would be the kind of man that I would want my daughter to marry. You know, he's a good man. He's not just like, oh, he's a nice kid or he's this, or he's that, or he's a, he's a good man. And you can see that by the way he, he, he um, reveres and treasures what it is that he does. And, you know, he's got swag, but it's not a cocky swag. It's very, it's very mm-hmm. understated. Yeah, and it's one of those key. things where it's like, yeah. And it's like, if it was like high school, you'd be like, dude, that guy is so fun and he doesn't even know it kind of a thing. <laughs> Imagine if he, if he wins the gold medal, because he's of both Japanese and Chinese descent. And can you imagine the, the marketing possibilities? If he goes to Tokyo, gets the gold, um, just sets all of Asian golf on fire. It's uh, it's he's really the right guy at the right time. And I'm really hoping he does get the gold medal. It would be a monumental thing. Yeah. I think that it would be monumental if Colin were to win the gold medal in golf. Um, Not just because I'm a golfer and not just because this is the second time that golf is going to be held in the Olympics, obviously the first time being in Rio, but being in Tokyo, um, having Colin, like you had said earlier, being of both Japanese and Chinese descent, the number of zeros that this young man could potentially add to his bank account, which obviously is not the main thing, but his, he is so marketable in so many ways because he has um, amazing poise. I think is a wonderful way to describe him. I, I, I think it, it could just completely, he could do to golf, like it would be like a second coming of what Seri Pak did to golf in Asia. And again, it'd be nice for the boys to catch up in that sense. Well, yeah. And, you know, I was in Rio. It was, it was an incredible experience for me, but also for all the, the golfers who were there. I mean, there's a reason that Ricky Fowler has, the Olympic rings tattooed on his bicep and not, you know, the Phoenix open logo. Like it, it really meant so much to the players to wear the team uniforms, to train and eat next to all these elite athletes. And instead of being treated like a golf nerd, treated like, like an Olympian and accorded that respect. And it wasn't just the Americans. I mean, Martin Keimer talked about it, tons of golfers. It really was mm-hmm. deeply moving and, it's been a frustration of mine. The women have been great. I mean, the top players in the world have supported the Olympics. They've, they've really brought an incredible amount of uh, enthusiasm and gratitude for the whole thing. Obviously, the top men have been so lame. And it, uh, I recognize that Tokyo, it, this is really going to be a challenging experience for all the athletes there because of the COVID protocols. But even so, to have so many guys opt out uh, you know, the top players, it's, it's disappointing. And so if Morikawa could get it done, it would help redeem the whole thing. And like, I mean, I love Xander Shoffley, great guy, terrific player, but if he wins, it's not the same thing. Uh, I, I think, I think a Morikawa victory would uh, transcend golf for the reasons we talked about. And um, you know, but anyway, that that's from the men's side. I, I absolutely love the, Olympic squad for the women. I mean, you've got the Cordas, you've got Danielle Kang, and you have Lexi Thompson. I mean, that is a lot of star power um, and just a very likable um, group of athletes. And they play hard. They look great on TV and in the in the, the team uniforms. And they have 
they have so much fire out on the golf course. Like I can't imagine a better quartet to, um, to try and get people excited about the Olympics. So what kind of, you know, what's the feeling in the air there um, with, with, with the games coming and, and how important it's been, I think, and how, how, how it's been embraced by, by the, the best women golfers. Well, I mean, you know, talking to the girls that are going to Tokyo as well as just sort of quietly observing because I, I, I spent a little bit of time earlier today observing the Cordas and, you know, one thing that I love is how um, relaxed they are. You know, I, I, I know that Nellie and Jess, you know, they, they came off of playing the Dow uh GDI Invitational uh, last week. And so it's kind of great for them to be able to, you know, showcase not just obviously their incredible golf capabilities, but also, you know, a little bit of their humanity and, and, and their sort of um, the last thing I would ever call it a shtick, but like they're, they're the way they are with each other as, as humans and as family and things like that. I think it's beautiful. It's obviously an amazing story to have sisters um, representing America, you know, sort of like the, the, the Williams sisters did. And, and I think that that's just incredible. Um, but it's been, a, you know, it, it's, it's obviously, I mean, we are here in Evian for a major, so there is going to be an added element of, of, of increased energy and it is so beautiful. Everything is in bloom. It is absolutely gorgeous. And, and on top of that, they get to back it up by, by heading off to go to Tokyo to represent their nation and to represent to the rest of the world how golf truly is athletic and that it is something that can be played by anybody and by everybody. I think that that is just, it's, it's, it's just so damn cool. Um, and you're, you're right. You couldn't pick a better quartet to represent the United States. Um, and, you know, just, but just watching some of the girls, everyone gets a little giddy when they talk about it. And I've, I've spoken with a couple of the girls that are going over to Tokyo. And it's funny because I have to sort of pause for, you know, a, a, an additional like three tenths of a second because I feel like saying going to Rio because this is such a new experience as a golfer to just know that this sport is going to be played in the Olympics. And it's just going to only continue to heighten the sport throughout the world. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying um, by way of Colin potentially upping the game if he were to win the gold. I mean, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Xander. I'm such a huge fan of his and I, I do, I do, it, he has a little bit of a Hideki vibe to me in that I, it wouldn't surprise me if Hideki, uh, excuse me, if Xander pulled a Hideki and was like, yeah, I've got a kid. Nobody asked me. That's why I didn't tell anybody. Like, I, I like that sort of thing where it's, um, you know, he, he reveres the life he has off the golf course kind of a thing. And he doesn't feel the need to feel validated by the rest of his life. You know, he doesn't need to be validated by his game. And, and, and that is something that I deeply respect obviously if America goes one, two, um, I think that'd be awesome. Uh, I agree that it's kind of shitty that we don't have more of the top men going. Um, I will give big ups though to, uh, is it Siwoo Kim and, um, Sungjae. Oh my God. Sungjae. Oh my God. My brain not worky work, how they decided to opt out of the open 
in order to prepare for the Olympics. And obviously there are going to be some ulterior motives in that, you know, they're, they, they are facing, um, you know, mandated military service if they don't come back with a medal, but that just kind of gives it a little something extra, I think. And oh, that's a huge subplot. That, yeah. uh, for sure. But, and, and then to have, your options be, do I want to win a major, which is something that, you know, most people, when they think of golf, they, you know, like say in a Brooks Kepka sense, he's like, you know, the only things that I can up my game for are the majors. Again, I'm, I'm hoping that there comes a point where he's able to, to go beyond that. It'd be an amazing challenge for him. I think, which if you were to succeed, I think would be an amazing story to see his evolution. And I do have faith that he can do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, like Sang Moon Bay had to do that. Like, and, and these kids have seen what has happened um, when you are an elite athlete and yet you're forced to have to go into your military service. Like it's, it's, this is, this is a lot, not life or death, I wouldn't say, but this could be career defining or career ending in a way that it won't for so many other participants in the games. I pray to God that the IOC, if golf does come up uh, to either get axed or stay in, don't just look at which guys showed up because it has had so much support from the top mm -hmm. female athletes. And hopefully it'll come to a point where they will understand that, hey, we fucking matter too. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, the women have been, have been spectacular. And uh, fingers crossed we get we get just uh, some some charismatic winners and we, we get some shootouts and all of it like i mean the most emotion justin rose has ever showed in his life is when he won the gold medal right like it was there was i was standing right by that green it was awesome and I'd, i had been at the at the venue throughout the games and it was pretty sleepy and then when they were the day they're handing out the medals it was a zoo. I mean, the, the press room was overflowing. 10,000 fans came out of nowhere. Like the energy went through the roof and uh, it was, it was, it was cool. So I, you know, I, I we'll, we'll see how it plays out in Tokyo, but I have a good feeling. I, I think, you know, golf has a, despite itself, golf has a way of succeeding. And if, if we get a couple of great winners, uh, then a lot of this other stuff will, will, will disappear. But uh, anyway, this has been this has been a lively pod. We've touched on a lot of things. I, I know I'm certainly before we get to Tokyo, I'm looking forward to watching some some golf from France. It's one of the best things about being on the West Coast is you wake up and you're having breakfast and you've got you've got awesome golf going on on the other side of the world. So uh, no pressure, Christina, but but I, I hope you get off to a great start and and I get I get to watch you all meeting my cocoa puffs. <laughs> well, well, I I. Uh... I don't look upon it as any pressure because there is no amount of pressure that anyone can put on me more than what I've already put upon myself. So um, yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a spectacular week. And I love the fact that this is, you know, similar to the open championship for the men, this is going to be the buildup for these, um, you know, the top ranked players in the world that are going on to the Olympics. I think that there's something that that in and of itself is going to heighten things for this tournament, because this is sort of like your last look at 
you know, who do you think is going to actually succeed? You know, you've got four representatives from the United States, you have four representatives from South Korea, like, you know, this is going to be like, sort of like a little internal battle straight away. Um, you know, and then after the Olympics, we'll, you know, obviously have the, the women's open championship. And then, you know, we're going to have Solheim cup coming up as well, which is, it's just really cool to have uh, the Solheim cup and the Olympics in the same year, because you're going to get, you know, 12 of the best women from the United States, as well as 12 of the best being represented by Europe. And when you look at the two teams, it's, um, I, I, and I'm not saying this because I'm an American and truth be told, I'm pretty far out by way at the present moment of, you know, even a, you know, not that Pat Hurst would ever think this, but it'd be one of those things where it's like, ah, shit. Yeah. She's American. Like, uh, she hadn't even been a blip on the radar, you know, which again, I'm, there's, I'm, I would completely understand if that was the mindset people had. Um, but this is, it's very interesting looking at the trends that have been taking place between the two teams that, and they're all, they've, they've always, and very wrongly in the last six, eight years, the European team has been looked upon as the underdog. And there, some of those girls, you know, I'm, I'm because I love the, I love the Solheim cup period. And I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that you get, um, you know, America versus the continent of Europe. And I love everything about it. And I have a ton of friends on both teams. And I just, I celebrate the game in and of itself. And I think upon the Solheim Cup as a celebration of the game, you got some girl, they got to stick out, pull their finger out and, and, and start showing and start performing, especially with the captain of Katrina Matthew, who has six picks. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of picks. Yeah. And there, there, there are some girls that are outside of the, the two qualification, whether it's the world rankings or the European tour points list that you sort of look and you're just like, you gotta, like, you've been a staple for this team. You can't use that as an automatic way of, you know, getting, onto that team and so it is going to be is going to be fascinating and on the flip side you've got pat hurst who you know between michelle Wee and and angela stanford like those uh, those poor girls like them getting you know their picks you, you just kind of sit there and you're just like guess it, it's it, it, there's a part of me that wishes there were no picks because almost anybody is deserving. And at the same time, it's one of those things where you should just be on the team by way of merit. And yeah, but the, that the, way you don't put the captain and assistant captains under excessive stress. But that's the whole point is, I mean, it is, it's an entertainment product and the captain's picks is a delicious subplot. And, I know. and that it's fun to talk about. It's fun to second guess. So if it was all automatic picks, it's a lot of the, a lot of the buildup would be lost. And so it's just baked into the whole thing. And I love it. I mean, I would love if it had 12 captain's picks and they would just be total anarchy. So uh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I would be down I, with that, actually. I would actually be much more down with 12 picks than, yeah. than a limited number. Because as a player that had finished runner-up, had, had a decent run coming into the Solheim Cup and then finished runner-up to Lorena Ochoa in the final tournament prior to the picks... And then being told that I wasn't going to go to Sweden because I wasn't going to be picked, even though I was the first person outside, you know, after the tournament, I was the first person outside of the automatic points list. Mm -hmm. I remember 
Betsy King, she, you know, I had signed autographs for like 45 minutes afterwards because that, you know, there were people there and that's what I do. And I walked, I remember walking up the stairs to go to the locker room and Betsy's standing there at the top of the stairs waiting for me. And, you know, I was just thinking like, oh, it'd be great if I get picked, you know, hopefully it's enough. And if it's not, you know, whatever. And, you know, she puts her arm around me and she's like, God, I am so proud of you. And you've, you have, you have played so hard this, that, you know, and, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I mean, this, this, this tournament means so much to me, both the, uh, what is now the Cambia Portland classic, which was a Safeway back then, as well as the Solheim cup. Like, I remember the taste that I got. I want to get back on that team. And she put her arms around me and she's like, man, like that was just unbelievable. And we walk into the locker room and her two assistant captains and Meg Mallon and Beth Daniel are, are there waiting and, Betsy says, I'm not bringing you to Sweden. Uh, and I, I was like, Betsy, I, you were still playing when I was a rookie. So we have been paired together. I didn't know you had that kind of humor. Like I, it did not even, I, it was not even a thought in my brain that I would not make the team <laughs> after my performance leading up to uh, brutal. And then like, I was like, wait, what, what? And she didn't start laughing. And then immediately the, the, the tears start flowing and like you know now that i'm you know 14 years removed i'm like i can't think of how bad she must have felt like with me smiling and that like ugly weeping after that and and then i had looked at meg and beth and they were crying and they were furious and they were like we gave her all the stats you make more birdies than anyone else um outside of the uh points list you make more birdies than a number of the girls that did get in based off of the points list you know at the time you were driving it farther than you know the other players you hit more fairway so you're a deadly combo in that sense you know your part three average is this that you know and i'm just like this isn't helping and they were like we fought so hard for you and we're so so sorry and um meg kind of told me she was like you know in my entire career i was never once picked i always had to make my team and i can see that in you you're you're not likely to ever be a pick um you know so just keep that in mind like use that as 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 more fodder to play harder and and you know and 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 at the same time you know what you will fucking feel like you earned your spot on that team and i'm just sitting there like somehow there's snot you know in the back of my neck and dripping down into my <laughs> shoes and it was one of those things like i'm pretty sure because again i mean it was 2007 so i was 23 years old so young so stupid i'm like how could she do this to me and it's like now i'm like no sweetheart you did that to yourself it's sort of like when i go and get physio and if i'm getting you know really hurt by way of the physical therapy and they're like sorry and I'm like no it's a result of all the actions that I took as why I'm in so much pain when you're trying to help me thank you so it, it's and, and I remember a couple of years ago I went up to Betsy and I was like Betsy thank you and I'm so sorry that if I made you feel feel badly about that you know and and like I I I, I promise I get it and so there's a part of me that's like I don't want picks oh, or yeah. I only want picks. That's a, that's a, that's a hell of a that's story. Awesome, wow. I mean, that, that's, that's a great story. I mean, as you say, this is save it for I next time. Have another one. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I'll save it yeah, till yeah. when we're closer to Solheim. Cause this one, <laughs> this is like, this is like a definite awkward turtle um uh instant yes we can't use all our soul high material now we're still weeks away and by the way i'm, I'm gonna be there i'm super stoked like i, I love the song and it's, 
I hadn't fully focused on it until this conversation. I mean, what a blockbuster kind of month for women's golf to go from the wow. Evian, which I can't do the accent, is a major, to uh, the Olympics, to the Open, to the Solheim. I mean, this is as good as it gets. I am pumped. With tournaments in between, especially next week, the Irish Open is going to be uh, the one tournament this year where it's men and women. Like, I, I think that's freaking yeah. awesome. All right. Well, we got tons to talk about. You know, it's going to be like the Vic Open was last year and the year before. No, no. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. much good stuff. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully, it won't be like, uh, you know, hopefully next week there won't be a, a sense of uh, uh, Rio in 2016 with Tinder. I'm, I'm sure it won't. But <laughs> Okay, we're definitely saving that for next week, too. We have to, Christina, you know what time it is. We have to release the list. <laughs> we're going to have to save that for the week afterwards, because I'll have to be able to go back and tell you whether or not something happened with people out oh, there. Oh, yeah, no, we definitely need the tea on that. So uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you for uh, making this work. We had some technical issues, which we somehow overcame, like the champions we are. And um, it's going to be a great week at Evian. We will be, we will be watching your, uh, your scores and listening for the... French accent in post post round interviews, and um, anyway, this is great stuff. Why don't Why don't you send us home here? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I'm here to let you all know to make sure to rate and review this uh, podcast that we're doing. It definitely does help in terms of the metrics. Apparently, um, you know, tell all your friends, have them subscribe, and if you ever have any questions, you can always uh, shoot a dm to alan or myself on uh, alan is at alan shipnuck on all social media i am at the christina kim and you know if you have any suggestions for guests that you want to see in the future we're we're doing our best to try and you know have guests on while still spacing things out but any suggestions that you guys have um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely take, uh, you know, into consideration. Just want to say thank you for following along this journey and listening to this episode of Full Send with Christina Kim. And Alan Shipnut. Uh, bonjour. No, how do you say goodbye in French? Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>